This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Sunday, April 19th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Under normal circumstances, medical facilities that want to develop diagnostic tests face some scrutiny. But during a medical emergency, like a global pandemic, the FDA typically goes into high gear to punish would-be medical entrepreneurs for developing and attempting to market diagnostic tests. Will Reinhardt with the Center for Growth and Opportunity says the harsh treatment aimed at people just trying to help is a puzzling case of bureaucratic incentives. We spoke last week. Assume for the moment that we were not in a pandemic. What is the role of private labs, of hospitals, of you know, universities and other medical facilities when it comes to trying to develop diagnostic tests for some illness. So in a non-pandemic setting, there's actually a lot of flexibility traditionally that's been given to healthcare practitioners at the local level working in labs and hospitals. But weirdly enough, when a pandemic does occur, everything actually becomes far more difficult. The The regulatory system changes slightly, but that's actually really critical, and, and everything just becomes far more difficult for practitioners. All right, so we are in a pandemic. Yeah. What makes that change occur? Why uh, would hospitals or other medical facilities be less likely to develop uh, diagnostic tests in a setting when it appears, at least to my uneducated brain, that we need that more than ever. Yeah, the FDA, when it comes to diagnostic tests, has really taken a hands-off approach for a number of years. But the last time that they really did seem to go after companies was actually during the Zika crisis in 2016. So in at least normal times, the FDA typically doesn't have very much oversight of these diagnostic tests. But as as was the case in 2016, when we had this crisis occur, the FDA actually sent out letters to a number of hospitals in Texas and labs in Texas as well, and basically told them that they needed to get in line. And so today, and especially we've seen this in Washington State and New York State, that at the moment at which these practitioners needed more flexibility, the regulatory system became all that more complex. I know the FDA has a strong focus on, you know, efficacy and safety. And these are the things that drive a lot of uh, the regulatory approach that uh, FDA has. Is there any rationale that's been offered by the agency for why the situation, if not as a regulatory matter, as a practical matter, changes when to, again, to my mind, uh, we want to have this distributed knowledge being brought to bear on this problem that affects everyone. Some very sharp and astute commenters in this space, Scott Gottlieb being probably one of the best examples and the most vocal examples, has brought up some of these issues. But when it actually comes to regulation of these diagnostic tests, these kinds of concerns have long existed within the community. And, you know, healthcare leaders have long known that there's been problems in, in diagnostic testing. Congress has been trying to take up, up this issue. There's actually the Valid Act currently in Congress that's, that's trying to solve some of these problems. But 
really this kind of comes back to a, a consistent issue we see with regulatory agencies that Congress never really gave the FDA clear regulatory approval and regulatory authority over the space of diagnostic testing. And so the agency instead has just kind of taken that authority. But in doing that and in, in kind of assuming that authority, it makes the regime itself quite complex because it has gone back and forth in different regimes. And it's just a kind of a it's a it's a confused mess when it comes to the regime. So if, if I understand you correctly, it's not clear what authority FDA has. And uh, they have, in a sense, seized authority to regulate these things, but they only seem to do so when the stakes of uh, stakes of it for individual uh, medical facilities are are quite high. That is, we want this information to get out there. We want the knowledge to be brought to bear to these problems. And the FDA uses, I mean, are, do they use emergencies in order to exert authority? Or it, what? why would they do this? It's somewhat unclear why the FDA is only really getting involved in regulation of diagnostic tests during the most critical and, and you know, the most critical points, you know, during a pandemic, for example. But it seems that they, they seem to be concerned about potentially companies making money off of these diagnostic tests in pandemics. And in many instances, the agency has said that they are trying to trample some of these, uh, you know, some of these money-making schemes. But that obviously leads to a very difficult situation for practitioners who need flexibility and at least in, in normal times kind of assume that, that sort of flexibility in, in, in testing and diagnostic testing. What this means, practically speaking, is that the FDA probably is going to need some sort of reform to, under, to, to reconceptualize really how they're dealing with laboratory diagnostic testing. And this is something that has really been you know, slated for action for quite some time since, since at least 2017. So it's not as though this problem isn't unknown. It's just that Congress really hasn't dealt with it in a very meaningful way. And so uh, the very people who would be developing uh, tests uh, and, and trying to prove them in uh, the, whether or not they work, um, they just simply don't do it. And what, what are the concerns from the level of a lab or a hospital when it comes to developing a diagnostic test during a time like this? Labs and hospitals who are on the front lines, and we saw this a lot throughout the end of January and into February, those hospitals were very concerned about the potential regulatory reactions from the FDA. And in fact, we see a lot of confusion. They didn't really know who to turn to for approval. They didn't know if it was the CDC or the FDA. And so just at a, at a it's very important for everyone to kind of be on the same page and to know who they need to get approval from and, and, and really to, to put out these tests quickly, there needs to be a streamlined process. Now, the FDA has tried to do that, and, and there obviously are some processes which allow for quick deployment, which is called the emergency use authorization process. But the complicating factor in all of this is that the FDA as an agency has to quickly react. And we know from a lot of reporting that the FDA really wasn't in the game most of February. It wasn't until the end of February that they changed their 
their emergency use authorization process to really open up the door for testing. Before we started recording, you mentioned that uh, it seems uh, that the FDA typically only goes after for-profit enterprises. Is that is that borne out by data or is that uh, just uh, anecdotal? It really is anecdotal, but it does seem that the FDA is going after companies and you know, laboratory corporations and, and hospitals that are trying to provide commercial commercial tests. So, for example, the the Zika test kits were really only pushed by a couple Florida or Texas hospitals that were targeting pregnant women who obviously would have been concerned about potentially Zika affecting their child. And we also see that the FDA, you know, the only other real major letter that the FDA sent was to Innova last year. Um, That, again, was another commercial test kit. But at the end of the day, it seems that the FDA really doesn't have a good sense, or at least the current leadership at the FDA doesn't really have a good sense of, of what a regime, a legal regime should be. And so it ends up being a little bit of everything. Um. And it ends up not particularly working well. So what's the fix here? Uh, hospitals, private labs, um, universities would like to know what kind of regulatory regime they're operating under. Uh, the FTA, as you say, uh, only seems to get involved when the stakes of not having a test are very high. Uh, what's the fix? I'm not sure that there is any, any easy fix to any of this. The, at the end of the day, hospitals and labs really do need legal certainty because they're not going to deploy these tests if they have to assume either high liability or they're not able to pay it out. And so there is this complicated, intricate system that really comes to bear on those decisions as well that we really haven't touched on as much. But it's all part of this really difficult process that that local practitioners have to try to traverse when they're when they're trying to do something new and innovative. You know, we've talked a lot about laboratory uh, tests today, but at the end of the day, this is really just one example of a whole bunch of other problems that exist within the economy that local innovative actors are trying to do something new, and yet they really don't know what their legal liabilities are, and they don't know what the legal regime could potentially spell out for them in the future. This crisis has focused attention on the CDC, on the FDA, on the broader public health community uh, for you know many failings that have occurred. The one that you point to seems uh, particularly sharp in terms of what the costs of uh, pro either prohibiting or delaying the advance of a marketable uh, diagnostic test. Uh, Do you suspect that this, unlike Zika, uh, might generate some reform? I do think that there's the great potential for reform, especially once this pandemic is, is effectively behind us. There have been congressional overtures you know there is a currently the valid act has been has been talked about quite extensively i would hope that both the fda and public health leaders really do have uh, a plan and an agenda to create something that's better but part of 
what we saw, especially in January and into February, was kind of an unfortunate byproduct of just a very complex system. And I don't expect, at least in, in our lifetime, that it's going to happen again. The And what I mean what's going to happen again is that the, the complex regulatory responses and kind of the uncertainty of of testing I don't think is going to happen in the way that it occurred with with this COVID, with COVID-19. Will Reinhardt is a senior research fellow at the Center for Growth and Opportunity. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.